Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. midweek service is found recorded in Luke chapter 1, beginning at the 39th verse. In those days, Mary got up and hurried to the hill country, to a town of Judah. She entered the home of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Just as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She called out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? In fact, just now, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed, because the promises spoken to her from the Lord will be fulfilled. This is the word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We are under the theme of titled The Revelation of the Eternal Son of God. And we're considering the words where we heard from Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus himself said to the Apostle John, He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Um, I am the one who is, who was, and who is to come. We considered the words last time on who was, emphasizing the fact that he was before Abraham, really before the creation of the world, which makes him God. In fact, Jesus is the second person of the Holy Trinity, the Son of God. Now we consider the beautiful words that Jesus is the one who is. And that very word is, emphasizes the fact that he's real, he exists. But, as we're going to hear from Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, it also means this one who is, is living. Here's how Jesus put it. The living one, I was dead and I see, and see, I am alive forever and ever. I also hold the keys of death and hell. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and precious souls, if I say the words, candid camera, I believe I just dated myself. So I don't know if everyone is familiar with candid camera. But candid camera was, uh, oh, it went on for years. And it basically kind of pranked people just to see what their reaction was. And I don't know if this was candid camera, but I think it was. But... One of my favorite pranks, or I thought it was kind of funny, was the one where a guy went to an airport, it was a guy and gal, and they claimed to have been from a talent agency looking for babies who could serve in an upcoming commercial. So they would basically look for parents who were pushing a stroller. And they came up to this one and they said, we're, you know, looking for talent and we're looking for a baby. 
and could we see your baby? And the woman was very delighted to show her her, her baby. She pulls back the blanket, and the first words out of the talent agent's mouth was, oh, I'm sorry, we're looking for a beautiful baby. And, uh, and then, of course, the camera goes on the, on the mother, and, you know, everyone's laughing because she just had that deer-in-the-headlight look. The reason I'm bringing this up is we don't know what Jesus looked like. And was he a beautiful baby? Now, some would say all babies are beautiful, so he had to be a beautiful baby. But we really don't know what he looks like. The Bible doesn't give us really very much details at all. Now, we do know that the Apostle John, the one who was told by the Lord to actually record the visions of Revelation, he did see the Lord. He walked with him. He talked with him. But he was already 30 years old plus. But that wasn't the only time he's actually going to see Jesus. What's interesting is, after Jesus ascended back into heaven, here you have the Apostle John, the last of the apostles to die, was well in his 90s. He may have been the only apostle that died of natural causes, especially since he lived that long. But it doesn't mean that because he lived a long life, he had an easy life. In fact, he's on the island of Patmos. He'll be there about a year. And we're told that he's there because of his testimony of Jesus. So he's under captivity for preaching Christianity and the Bible. And during that time, the Lord comes to him and gives him several visions that makes up the book of Revelation. The very first vision that he will see, and it's actually a vision he'll hear, is the Lord Jesus revealing himself. Now, what you're going to hear here shortly is words that are simply earthly words that have deep heavenly meaning. Okay, so we don't see that Jesus actually looked exactly like this, but all these descriptions are telling us about all his characteristics. For instance, John, before he turns to look at the Lord, it says he heard the voice that sounded like a trumpet. And every time we hear that phrase, and it's used even in the Old Testament, like at Mount Sinai, it, it tells us right away, it's God speaking. And then we hear that when he turned, he saw seven gold lampstands. Later on, Jesus will tell John what those lampstands, lampstands are. And they're actually the seven churches that this, letter, that this revelation is going to be written to. And then with the golden lampstands was actually seven stars. And we find out by Jesus that the stars were the messengers of each of the lampstands, so they were clearly the pastors and ministers who would receive this letter to share with their people. We are told that the one who is speaking was among the lampstands, which fulfills the beautiful words of Jesus, who said that when two or three gathered together in his name, there he is among them, in the middle of them. But it also says here that among the lampstands was one like a son of man. Out of all the titles that Jesus used, son of man was the one he used the most. And what is interesting is 
that the word son of man was also used in Daniel and in Ezekiel, clearly pointing to the Savior. So this is a really a messianic term pointing to not just the fact that Jesus is fully human, but also emphasizing the fact that this is the one who was promised to be sent to save the world. One like a son of man. He goes on to say, He was clothed with a robe that reached to his feet, and around his chest he wore a golden sash. By the way, this is the dress of a high priest. And of course, Jesus isn't just any high priest. He is the great high priest. He is the one who offered the ultimate sacrifice for the sins of the world, and that was the sacrifice of himself. And that was once and done. And then, along with it, he's the one who certainly intercedes for us, prays for us. In fact, he's the one who actually hears our prayers and has the almighty power to answer them. It goes on to say that his head and his hair were white, like white wool or like snow. Now, white like wool and snow, we heard these phrases that Jesus transfiguration, you know, that he turned like, you know, bright white and, and, and so definitely an emphasis on holiness but also some, some scholars see that if you have white hair, that it's also a sign of experience and great wisdom it says his eyes were like blazing flames if your eyes are like blazing flames, then you can see everywhere and you can see into the darkest corners of even one's heart. Anyone who can see every place, know every thought, and, and even feel every emotion is the one who's going to know everything. Eyes like burning flames means that he is omniscient. His feet were like polished bronze being refined in a furnace. Feet would mean travel, wouldn't it? And that he certainly travels, and he's everywhere, and we would call that omnipresence. But feet was also used as a form of judgment. A king who was victorious could easily put his foot on the king that has been conquered, and just by putting pressure on his foot, he could decide whether the man lives or dies. So feet, like Polished bronze being refined in a furnace can also be emphasizing almighty power and judgment. His voice was like <coughs> the roar of many waters. So his word is powerful. There's nothing more powerful than the word of God. He held seven stars in his right hand. A sharp two-edged sword was coming out of his mouth. And the two-edged sword, we've heard this phrase before. This means that this is a sword that can both cut in both directions. And the two main teachings of the Bible is law and gospel. God's word cuts that way. The law that shows us our sins, the gospel that shows us our Savior and salvation. His face was shining as the sun shines in all its brightness. And the Apostle John would have recognized those words, and no doubt it brought up an image in his mind, because along with his brother James and Peter, they were the three that were separated from the rest of the apostles on that mount when Jesus transfigured himself 
before he made his way to Jerusalem where he would suffer and die for the sins of all. This is what John is seeing, and this is quite a picture. In fact, this picture is so overwhelming that John, it says here, fell like a dead man, which is a real beautiful poetical way of saying he, he passed out, he fainted. This was so overwhelming. But what I find interesting is what Jesus did next. It says he placed his hand on me and said, do not be afraid. Angel Gabriel said that to Mary when he made the announcement that she would be with child and give birth to the Son of the Most High. These were the same words that were spoken by the angels to the shepherds when they announced that Christ the Lord, the Savior, is born. And now Jesus is telling him, do not fear. I am the first and the last. And now comes our verse, the living one. I was dead and see. I am alive forever and ever. I also hold the keys of death and hell. I was dead. He was seeing the Lord in a vision with all this beautiful picture language. And he was seeing the Lord obviously very, very much alive. And here he said, I was dead? This is the Son of God. God can't die. How can Jesus even claim that he was dead? Because we know that this very Son of God is like a Son of Man. He called himself the Son of Man. He took on human flesh, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. And when he took on that human flesh, Please don't lose sight of the fact he was fully God and fully man in one person. Not half God, half man. Fully God, fully man in one person. And in order to be born, in order to offer himself on the cross for the sins of the world, he would have to humble himself in the sense of not making full and constant use of his divine power and glory. He never gave it up, but he also didn't make full use of it so that he could be our redeemer and take our place and pay the price for sin. The punishment of sin is death. And when Jesus was on the cross, he suffered even death for us. Now, when we think of death, we oftentimes think of, okay, you're not living anymore. I always see death within the Bible as more so in the sense of separating. So since we're made up of body and soul, if our soul separates from our body, then that means we have physical death. Our brainwave activity stops, the lungs stop, the heart stops. Without the soul, we cannot live. If you deny Jesus and separate from God in unbelief, we call that spiritual death. If you're separated from God forever in hell, and that is going to be the worst part of hell, besides the suffering, the burning lake of sulfur, and, and the pain, and the torment, and, and the great sorrow that, that will go with it, the worst part is being separated from God forever, and that's eternal death. Jesus certainly died a physical death where his soul left his body because he was fully human. And this is the very one 
who took on the punishment of the world. Remember, he became sin for us. He was taking on our sins. He even cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because of being separated from God, that's what sin does to us. And even he died that death. He suffered hell itself. And certainly God's anger and wrath over sin. And he did it all for us. He went and paid the price we could never pay because the price is too big. The price is too great. And we can't pay it and live. Once again, the punishment of sin is death. And one thing that we all must have to admit about death is if you're dead, you can't make yourself alive. If you're dead, you have no power to raise yourself. Oh, yeah, in, in a doctor's, you know, in the emergency room, yeah, they, they can shock your heart and try to get it going again. But if you're dead, you're the one who can't shock his own heart. You always need an outside force. But unlike what you and I cannot do, Jesus did. Because the Son of Man is the Son of God. Jesus conquered death. It's interesting that the Bible says that God raised Jesus from the dead, emphasizing the fact that he was given the power to do so. But it also said Jesus rose from the dead, emphasizing the fact that he had his own power to conquer death and rise again. Both are true. But Jesus sums it up beautifully here. I am the living one who conquered death. If he conquered, if he is the one that conquered death, then that means he is the son of God. Then that means sins have been paid for. Then it means that there is life after death. Then it means that heaven is our home. Because Jesus lives and is alive. And the one who can conquer death is the one who can give us eternal life. Jesus promised it. Because I live, you too shall live. So you and I have, through faith in Jesus Christ, and that's God's beautiful invitation, we have the sure hope of everlasting life. But know this, your eternity does not begin with after you die. Jesus said it well. He who believes in me will have eternal life. Your eternity has already started as believers in Christ, because Jesus lives, even in the face of death, we live. And we live already now. So with the hope of heaven, believing in the Savior that lives, not a dead one, but a one that lives, we live each day, living for the Lord, giving praise to the Lord, and all glory be to the Lord because he is the living one, or another way to put it, he is the one who is. And that, my friends, is why I can say Merry Christmas. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. 
If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.